Right, welcome to our evening session. Let's pray, shall we? Lord Jesus, we would uh, truly know you in the way that we've expressed in the words of this song. And we pray for this church, dear Father, that we might discover the principles of personal revival. So in these days of a great uh, falling away, uh, a lot widespread spiritual dryness, we might truly be an oasis in the desert. So Lord, we just pray that you'll help us with this wonderful gift you've given us of music <clears throat> to uh, use it aright and to not abuse it. We pray that you'll give us wisdom and understanding and help us to be content with the parameters that you've given for us to work within. <clears throat> so bless our uh, musical uh, team, we pray, uh, for them, for those who minister on instruments and um, woodwinds and all the various instruments, dear Father, and for those, dear Father, who <clears throat> lead in the singing, we just ask that you'll help them, dear Father, to have the real joy of the Lord as they minister and prepare the hearts of the people for the word of God and above all else to glorify you. So bless this, these uh, closing sessions, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> uh, I want to just play you a clip. This is the philosophy shot, okay? Um, our, our background, um, we were, I was saved in the Church of Christ in the days when they were preaching the gospel. My wife was saved at um, Murray Wilkes' camps in Victor Harbour. And, um, so we, we thank the Lord for saving us. And um, through a whole lot of series of uh, different breaks and separations, I just thank the Lord for parents and uh, those who knew it was time to leave a failing church and to uh, strike out and to trust God to revive. Without those separations, we wouldn't be here. Um, my grandfather was saved in spite of the Methodist Church through a Church of Christ minister's ministry. And the Church of Christ went more and more modernistic. We had to leave that and started uh, a more interdenominational thing. And then that uh, rose into troubles. We ended up in America at a Bible college in the middle of the Bible Belt in Springfield, Missouri, in Baptist Bible College, Springfield, Missouri. We were wet behind the ears. We didn't know what we were getting into over there. But we were sort of gobsmacked with 3,000 students uh, attending that independent Baptist school. And they came from all around the States and some from overseas like us. And uh, it was a wonderful time uh, studying there because the emphasis was on very much on reaching out and soul winning, planting New Testament churches. So there are many, many churches we could look to in those days that were wonderful examples of people who went out on visitation and were doing the job and getting people saved. Wonderful music ministries, um, conservative, good, but optimistic and uh, very uh, powerful music ministries. The High Street Baptist Church, I think, it had about 150 voice choir plus Whenever they wanted the, um, the ensembles, they would have those as well. And uh, wonderful music, was, but took you to the gates of heaven. And um, so it's hard for me to understand now that out of that college came many, many uh, students that went out and started churches. And um, we 
unconsciously modelled after the High Street Baptist Church. Uh, we admired very much the, um, what the graduates were doing uh, on the mission field. Uh, there was the um, Detroit, um, Baptist Detroit uh, Church, Temple Baptist, and they were running 6,000 people uh, and a tremendous mission program, wonderful music ministry. High Street, we were running 3,000 or 2,500, 3,000 people every Sunday, 22 buses in town. And uh, it was just so exciting to be part of this. Uh, one of the graduates that went out from our school was uh, Jerry Fall. And Jerry Fall went to the hometown, Lynchburg, Virginia, and uh, I think started with a, a split off some church. And it mushroomed very, very quickly in the most amazing way. And um, it seems that Jerry was really getting the job done, which I believe he was at that stage, and many people being saved and just an amazing mushroom church. And it kept growing. And um, but then people started to get a bit worried about Jerry, so I don't know Jerry's music is fraying at the edges. And um, the end result was that you'll see this downward regression in these three clips that comes up now. Um, the church that size uh, has deteriorated to the point where they have jettisoned many of their standards. Now, Frank Garlock um, is the granddaddy of the uh, Majesty Music Group and the hymn book that we're using at the moment has been very faithful in plugging away from his original uh, long-playing record, The Big Beat, where he was exposing the errors and the problems of rock music and uh, had a tremendous uh, uh, conservative effect upon the independent, well, independent movement there. Uh, he sort of, sort of passed on, but he made this warning. And I, I can't give you the exact verbatim, but it said this. Basically, he said, when a church adopts CCM, <clears throat> it's only a matter of time and they'll lose all their standards. And uh, you'll see this in this clip in a moment, and then I'll explain some of the slide that this amazing church took. Staggeringly so, one of the the dad, well, the, the mother churches of a lot of this was the Detroit Baptist Church, running 6,000, and I've got a clip of that too. I don't know whether I've got the stomach to show you, but it's just like looking into a discotheque now. It's just a staggering slide. So... Can we just have this first one and see what Jerry Fall was up to with his music? And you'll see from good, positive music for a start, then we just see the introduction of a tiny amount of rock beat coming in, and then you'll see what happened when I got this off a Sunday morning service some years ago.
see the red coming up. So what I was saying there was who was right because our preachers were saying, I don't know uh, about Jerry's music, right when it started to go a little bit on the edge, others were saying we shouldn't judge him, he's doing a great job, so who was correct there, those that discerned it or those that were defending him. So it's a very sad and tragic demise for church and when you look at what they did, they took the name Baptist off the um, Liberty College, they called it Liberty University. Um, their dress code changed. <clears throat> their, um, uh, their Bible versions changed. Now, Jerry was one of the first that pushed the, the NKJV, and in those days we didn't know whether it was going to be the successor of the KJV or not, and it was good that we didn't embrace it. Um, and then when I looked on site here on this uh, on their website at the time, it's about five years ago at least probably this was done, I find that a lot of their materials now is in the NIV which has some very serious blatant uh, omissions in it. So it just, it, it's a downhill thing. So it can take you. So the, que- the question is, was Frank Garlock correct in his prediction of any church? And the answer is yes. When a church adopts CCM, it's only a matter of time and it will throw over all its distinctive uh, separation standards. So with that, um, I want to encourage you as a church to be on the alert uh, and to be faithful to the Lord. It's a heart matter and to give your music to the Lord and to dedicate yourself to 
using you, particularly musos. It's interesting, I've been reading the book of Chronicles because Chronicles, someone said, is the, um, is the revival handbook of the Old Testament. Chronicles. It's a very good description. And um, so uh, it's, it's so important that we <clears throat> keep the gates right. And I noticed that uh, in the gatekeepers and the songsters are very close together. <clears throat> so much so that Obed-Edom gets a mention in both and someone's saying, well, maybe there's another Obed-Edom. But I thought, well, maybe not. Um, Obed-Edom was there with his 86, I think he said 86 about of his descendants, or his descendants were there when the, when the Solomon Temple was built. And he was the man where the ark ended up <clears throat> in his house for seven months. And out of that, his house was greatly blessed and they were keeping guard over the ark in their home, the ark of God, where the Ten Commandments were, <clears throat> that period, and became the natural gatekeepers for the temple services, to guarding all the gates and the security. And uh, I thought the, the gatekeepers, I think in many ways, I think you as musicians also are gatekeepers because that's where <clears throat> very much the... Attack comes, you can see on these churches here, and if the musics know what their own convictions is, so no, we're not going to be a part of this. <clears throat> we're sticking to the um, the clean music that our, our nation or our churches have been enjoying for, for generations. So, having said that, that's where we are. So that's the shot for tonight. Okay, um, I would like to help the. Uh, pianist again, but not necessarily having her come forward. But if we could go to <coughs> the uh, page three of the hymn improvisation section, that's the back section of your notes. I've been using a fairest Lord Jesus as an example of what you can do with improvisation and then scoring out what the results are so you can see what we're doing. <coughs> As a uh, okay. Now, those who want to uh, see the whole hymn, it's uh, where is it now? Fairest Lord Jesus, a number, please. That's right. One six two. Thank you. <coughs> One six two. Okay, there's no anacrusis. Okay, so there we have this piece of music. It's in voice parts, and that was uh, new to me when I first had that pointed out to me, and uh, somebody said that to me this morning. I, all these years I've been trying to master my head, never knew that there's a range for voice. <clears throat> because there's a range for voice, you find there's a lot of notes on the page because the tenors and the basses and the altos also have to sing the syllables. So if you don't have them all in black there, they're not going to sing. <clears throat> so these are all voice parts. But it becomes very stilted for the pianist. So you will be able to leave out a lot of those repetitions because you, they're not needed for your accompaniment and that will make give you more flowing 
sound. So if I was to even take away even most of that, I could actually... So going through what we've done so far, first of all, we try to impress upon you the need to be able to read and read and read. If you're young and got time, I'd say take a new hymn every day and uh, really master this so that you have three notes in the right hand. We've got an E, E flat, a B flat and a G. And then when we get that E flat, we put a simple octave. So and we learn to play that <clears throat> in that form all the way through. Notice I'm going to leave out some of the notes now. So there's all four there, all four there, but just the melody, the soprano. If it moves, you've got to play it. So leave out what you can. If it's obviously there's a part moving, you have to play it. But if it's repeated like fair, rest, you just have to, just the one note there. So that puts up quite a broad sound on it. That alone would help you with your um, congregational playing. You can get everything in that form, octave on the bottom and the three notes in the right hand. So looking at our notes here, you can see what we've done on page three. The right hand plays the F, C, A, and then the left hand plays as an octave the bass line. One's in F. Okay. Um, okay. So that's that's that bit there. So we've actually, and then when we get to the point where you've got, you can't reach a note, which is, um, I'll, just, I'll go back to hymn book for that, sorry. Here's a problem. There's a G there that I can't reach with my right hand. So what do I do with it? I put it up an octave. And it finds, comes right in the middle of your hand there. I can't reach this one without doing a glissando type, I think. That C there, middle C, I've got to put it up an octave right there. see what's we've actually done the bottom page three it's in F I didn't realize the different keys 
<clears throat> the mental process effectively put the hymn in the following form. So I've actually scored out what I did. And you can see now this is quite different. I haven't left out the superfluous notes, but there we go. So I just want to go through those notes, uh, top of page four. Practice playing hymns in this form until the mental process becomes automatic. Take the hymn book and practice modifying a different hymn each day for three months. Do not score your hymns, but develop the mental ability to read four-part vocal arrangements in this piano form. A hymn that has been modified in this way will now be much more adaptable to further improvisation. And then point five there, loosen the rigidity of this form by leaving out notes that are unnecessarily repeated. The congregation has to sing every syllable of the voice parts, but the keyboard player does not need to laboriously repeat all the notes of each chord. These deletions are most readily achieved in a hymn where the chords are not changing. When bass notes stay the same, then the chord is very often unchanged and some of the repeated notes can be deleted. In Ferris Lord Jesus, the chords are constantly changing, but in this first measure, some unnecessary notes can be left out and that's just what we did. I want to read on further, improvising within the tonal framework. Variations need need restraining within the harmonic structure so in other words, we're not going to go out of the harmonic structure of the hymn in certain conditions. One's when the vocals are carrying harmony parts. So if your vocals, your people in church, you want them to be able to sing four-part harmony, it sounds beautiful. And I remember coming out of college and uh, walking from between classes and you could hear this beautiful four-part harmony coming out of the choirs. It sounded like a choir. You know, the upper room, sometimes in the spring, the, the windows are open. I said, what's that? Oh, that's just a Bible history meeting. They're just singing a hymn before they, um, they do their class. So they're all a cappella, but beautiful four-part harmony. So it develops the musicality for people to be able to sing like that. So don't pull the harmony around while people are singing parts. In congregational singing, some people enjoy singing harmony parts in the hymnal. If the church keyboard player is indulging in harmonic variations, then vocals will clash with the instrument, the people will, will be discouraged from singing parts. Also, and this applies to your orchestra as well, uh, when playing with another instrument or keyboard, such as an organ, if both organists and pianists are improvising with harmonies of the hymn, then clashes will be inevitable unless you can read the mind of the other player. Duo uh, improvising can be fun if you know the other musician well and can anticipate the harmonic alterations, but perhaps such risks should not be taken in the worship service of the church. And thirdly, following on from that, when playing with other instruments, and you're doing this every Sunday, so basically most of your work, most of your improvising work, will be within the tonal framework and you won't want to change it. Um, <clears throat> okay. Uh, so that's important to realise. There are other cases when you can change the tonal harm, and it's a lot of fun if you get into chords, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, of changing the actual tonal structure. You can actually, uh, in some cases, you might put... Um, um, you might put the, um, the, the verse in a minor key... Um, do 
that's if you know what you're doing and you've got an organist and a pianist doing an offertory, it's very, very effective to put that verse about um, the seriousness of the Lord's death in a minor key and do it improvisingly. Some are smiling, some are looking anxious. <coughs> okay, so practice it first. So that is an advantage if you can do that. If you have the ability to change some of the harmony structures, <clears throat> it can make a nice background for someone like Glenn Weeks. How many know Glenn? Okay. He usually sings before he preaches an evangelist, isn't he? And so he, <clears throat> he will just throw me his musical say, turn to 455 and away he go. So if I'm the sole pianist to help him and to back him, I may then start to indulge in harmonic changes which actually can sometimes quite freshen up a hymn, an old hymn if he's playing. So if you're just accompanying someone who's singing the solo or playing an instrument playing the solo line, <coughs> you can, you can uh, use that but more in the special situations. On page five, passing notes can enhance bass and treble lines. A passing note, according to, I think it's the Grove Dictionary or the Concise Dictionary, in, in part writing, a non-harmonic note that leads from one note to another in a single direction by conjunct motion. <laughs> so to put it in layman's terms, it's filling in the jumps in your melody or in a bass line, which is also melodies, are all melodies, with a scale uh, pieces that would fill in the gaps. In theory, therefore, any interval that occurs in the hymn parts can be filled in with passing notes. Now, you can overdo it, of course. So start experimenting with small intervals that occur in the bass and treble lines. So, for instance, here, I'm going to play it straight out of the notes now. Um, this is... Ferris or juice. We can fill in those for the beginning. Sometimes it's appropriate, but it sort of lifts it perhaps a bit. actually done then. I didn't actually fill in the bass line, sorry. It's a bit heavy. Scored out. It's down the bottom there. I personally think that's a bit inappropriate down there, but that's the sort of idea you can do. So you're actually filling in from B flat to F run on the bass. It's not so heavy when you've done the octaves. That's a bit. Okay. The idea of passing notes can further develop into larger scale passages. Theoretically, any two harmony notes may be used as a starting or finishing point for a scale passage as the following example demonstrates. 
To execute these impromptu runs in the church service, the pianist will have to learn to quickly recognise the key for the scale passage from the surrounding chords and accidentals. So with the same hymn now, we can do <clears throat> actually find two harmony notes, which we've done here with a the arrows. So we now I'm going to go from a G. See that? It's easy to do. So that's filling in the runs, filling in the gaps can make it quite interesting. So if we were to notate what we've actually done on their heads. excursions. From these simple beginnings, more advanced excursions can be made with scale passages between harmony notes all over the keyboard. In other words, the limiting factor is going to be your technique and how fast you can run your scales <laughs> or whatever you're doing there. <clears throat> uh, this is particularly effective when there is another instrument playing a strong melody line for the congregation to follow. With the security of another instrument, such as an organ or trumpet, the pianist can be quite adventurous with counter melodies. With a keen eye on the principal harmony notes of the hymn, the pianist begins joining them with passing notes and extended scale passages. For example, when a CEG chord, the one chord in C, is recognised in the portion of the hymn, then the pianist holds his breath, her breath makes this ascending or descending scale passage towards one of those notes if it looks as though the attempt that scale passage will not be accomplished in the time frame of the hymn, then a hasty retreat can be made to one of the principal harmony notes, namely the closest C, G or A. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Okay, but so be a little bit adventuresome, but just be careful if you're not quite ready to put the congregation through it to try it at home first. Um, we've been looking at arpeggios in the bass produce a smooth flowing atmosphere and we talked about never uh, using that low third in the first octave of an ascending arpeggio. Um, so hymn improvisation primarily consists of taking the four voice parts and spreading them across the keyboard to form an extended tonal framework. In this extended framework, further variations and ornamentation can be worked. One of the best ways to stretch the compass of the harmony is to use arpeggios. And then the following suggestions I think we have covered this morning. Never, never play the third in the first octave of an ascending arpeggio. If you've uh, ever heard anybody use this ugly growling tone deep down the bass, you'll readily understand why the experts in harmony made a rule, never harmonise with the third in the bass. Uh, you may use standard fingering for arpeggios and simply omit the third in the octave at the bottom there. I'll leave that one out. That's standard fingering.
alternative, you may commence the arpeggio with a scale degree of 1, 5, 10, and we did that with our people this morning. This may at first appear a stretch for the hand, but if the third finger is used, you might choose the second as a kind of centre pivot and the wrist rocks high above this centre. The stretch of the tenth can be, I'll probably scrub out the word easily for some of you, can be accomplished. Practice these notes every in every key as preparation for arpeggiating the hymns. So there we go. <clears throat> Page eight. Um, more extensive use of arpeggios in the left hand. The hymn Like a River Glorious. Broken chords make an attractive accompaniment. Broken chords in either left or right hands make an attractive accompaniment to the principal melody. Definition of a broken chord, the effect produced by performing the notes of a chord successively rather than simultaneously. That's a type of figuration related to the arpeggio. So we've got an example there of uh, Lead Me to Calvary, but the right hand... break them off. That's quite a simple arrangement. Just break your chords up. And extended use of the keyboard in order to accommodate more extended arpeggios and broken chords, the right hand may be raised an octave. We started doing that with our brave people that came forward because um, this is getting a bit close here. Space provided by moving the right hand up may also be used for duplicating triads in the left. It's a very simple thing. So, if you've got a, you've got a, uh, it's an E flat chord. In second inversion, you know what that is, don't you? Root, first inversion, second. So I can see this here now. If you just put an octave down there and duplicate the three notes you got in the right hand. (laughs) 
use the octave and play the, well I've got the three in the right, I'm going to put it duplicated. that'll help you to um, encourage you to develop in that way. So this would become a very, very useful pianist. And, um, that's probably about as far as we're going to go tonight on for the pianists. <laughs> okay. So, how are we going for time? I've got the 15 minutes. What I'd like to do is to have... Um, the men for a start that do song leading can't choose a hymn now it doesn't have to be on this sheet you can choose another one if you like but this sheet does tell you where there's an anacrusis or where there's not so I hope you've given a little bit of thought since this morning and I'm sure that we can put this microphone on can't we in a minute that'll be good you can come up here put your hymn book there and um, lead us in a song which we will sing heartily to support you, of course. So, who should we start with first, Pastor? Brother Reese. Brother Reese. okay. Start from the best, from the back. Have you got a good hymn there, a Welsh hymn or something, Brother? <laughs> now, we're going to critique Brother Reese. So... We're going to critique him gently and um, give him some feedback in a minute. It's a bit like preaching class, and you've got to have a bit of a tough hide, I think. With this, they're pretty sharp, these people now. So, yeah, I know. So, you want me to play for you? I can do it if you like. So, you hold out the numbers, and I'll. Is there a wire bound book somewhere? Here it is. Keep jumping and stuff everywhere. Let's do the 173, All praise to him who reigns above in majesty supreme, who gave his son for man to die, that he might man redeem. Oh, 
us adore. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Just, just two. couldn't see that, but you, I'm in your hands now. Any uh, positive comments for Brother Reese? Yes? Very, very cheerful Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's very important. Very clear hand movements. Good. Good eye contact. Great. Good. Anything he could improve on? His looks. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> That's what it was. Okay. So I didn't see. How were his hand movements? They high enough? Low enough? Good. So he can do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes? Just at times, his hand moves in front of his body. Maybe Okay. One, one lady says she thinks that your hand movements should be further out from the body rather than close into the body. Was, was the hand facing the congregation? Not all the time. Sometimes a bit wavy. Icing the cake? Just a little bit. A little bit? Okay. I think All right. Thank you, Brother Reese. That was good. I enjoyed it. Yes, we had how many beats in the Anacrusis was there? That's one. That's a tricky part of it. So what should he have done, you think? All right, George would say one downbeat. So that's a bit tricky. That is, he chose one with an Anacrusis, so that makes it a bit more difficult. So you've got to basically beat that part measure and get out of the way and then you can do your pattern. Thank you. All right, who's next, Pastor? Seth Ruffle. Seth Ruffle? <laughs> you got a hymn picked? I didn't say are you hen picked. Have you picked a hymn? Good. Okay. Jim, <laughs> cuz I'm busy here playing. Okay. Not sure yet. 235. Lead me to Calvary. King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Let's put our heart and soul into this singing tonight, shall we? And keep your eyes focused on yourself. King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be, lest I forget thy thorn crown brow, lead me to Calvary. 
This is good. It's going to be hard to criticise these men. Okay, so what did he do right then? Very Sorry? <laughs> Everything. That's the life he paid. <laughs> this is the paid paid. Excellent countenance. Good. Looking like he was what? Oh, are you serious? Did he have his hand in his pocket? Looking, let's put him in the benefit of the doubt. Perhaps he was preparing for the offering. Okay, no, take hands out of pockets. Um, all right, what about his hand movements, Daniel Weston? I was going to say, he's not wearing a tie. Not wearing a tie. Yeah, just one thing on the hand movements. The ones going away from his body were quite good, but the one coming in closer to him was quite small. Yes. So if you just come a bit further, it just make it a bit clearer that it's 4 4. Right, okay. Right, okay, so you've got this compromise of not trying to cut, put it in here, but you obviously need a little more scope there. Sorry? How was the up-down one? A bit more, a bit more amplitude, is that what you're saying? A bit shallow. Okay. What do you think, Cherise? You don't dare say, do you? <laughs> we won't expect spouses to comment. Yes, sir? That's a good question. I, uh, I think I could see him here. Did you think I was out of whack with him? No, no, no. I just wanted to know if it was, if it was clear to you. It's more important to be clear to you in one sense. Well, it's a good question. Uh, I was watching him from time to time, but whether I could actually say I was it's conscious and it's my peripheral while I was reading the notes, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll check when I do that next, next one. Yeah, we can. If you can put someone out here, Bianca, you ready to play? Okay, then look at that. Dan Williams. Okay, <laughs> here we go. I don't actually have my wife here to um, pay my dividends or my. Okay, very good. We don't. We don't have to pick one in here, do we? Oh, so that was fine. You don't have to. Okay. Anything in the book. If you want. No worries. All right. Let's turn to him. Fifty one fifty five. Wonderful grace of Jesus. Let's be upstanding as we sing this song this evening. One fifty five. Grace 
Deeper than the mighty rolling sea Higher than the mountains Sparkling like a fountain All sufficient grace for even me Broader than the scope of my transgression Sing it greater far than all my sin and shame Oh, magnify the precious grace of Jesus, deeper than the mighty rolling sea, higher than the mountains, sparkling like a fountain, all sufficient grace for even me, broader than the scope of my transgression, singing greater far than all my sin and shame, oh magnify the precious Excellent. All right. So, comments, please. Things you did right? Big R movements? Yes. Clear. Clear. Clear what? When he spoke. Yes, yes, very good. That's right. Commanding. Yes. Yes, you did get the congregation singing well. That's true. That's good. Yes. 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 That's correct. You're tending to go out like this on the downstroke. Yes. Any other comments? Yes. No. Don't scratch your nose. <laughs> oh, Daniel. Yes. Yes, I picked it up. Anything else? Sorry. I don't know. Not quite sure what you're getting at. Not sure. Okay, just a couple of comments. I, I don't know what the attraction is over here, but he was uh, uh, looking out like this. I began to worry what's over there behind that door, and uh, I didn't see him with any contact to this side. It's a preacher can do that too, of course. I always get criticised for staring at somebody 
and they think I'm the only one, they're only one in church, you know. Um, yes, it's like when you've got a very small congregation, they reckon it's always difficult because when the pastor gets up and says, Dearly beloved, the woman in the front row blushes. But, uh, <laughs> so it's, it's helpful when you've got a bigger crowd. So I, and the other thing is, I'm not trying not to be picky, but you're a little bit standing like that. I'm exaggerating a bit. And you big fella, I'd put those big shoulders absolutely parallel here and then you're ready and don't be afraid to look at this side. But other than that, it was very good. Hand facing? A lot better. Okay, there you are. His adoptive mum said he's, he's improving. <laughs> so don't forget to tip the hand up uh, Try and avoid anything that looks like this. Put the hand up like that. And I know they used to say, take a pencil, but uh, that's almost a little bit feminine, I think, for a fella. Just, just get your paws up like that, because that's what you see in the dark, is this here. Okay. They don't, you can't see that very well. All right, that was very good. Um, I think we might take a break, Pastor. Come back and we'll have a little more of that. We're trying to finish on a good note. <laughs> <laughs> Yes.